Welcome back, friends, to Aldersgate On Air. Now, as we all know, this last year has been crazy for sure. Full of challenges, hardships, and sacrifice. And even though it's easy to see everything through a tarnished lens, the reality is that there are so many positive things in the world. So many things to remain hopeful for, so many things to be inspired by, and of course, so many things to look forward to. And perhaps there is no other organization that better represents this persona of positivity than Aldersgate. In fact, in addition to their commitment to diversity, inclusion, and equity, Aldersgate has developed plans that not only benefit its residents and the outlying communities on an immediate basis, but they are also in the midst of a long-term development process that completely reimagines the very definition of intergenerational living as we know it that will benefit people of all income levels, all ages, and all backgrounds for many generations to come. Joining us today to talk about this very forward-thinking vision are Aldersgate Life Plan Services CEO Suzanne Pugh, Shook Kelly founding partner and principal Terry Shook, and Senior VP of Development from Laurel Street Residential Lee Cochran. Together, these three, along with some other partners as well, are working to make these dreams a reality. And I'm excited to share this conversation with you. So let's get right to it. What do you say? Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Terry. Hi, Lee. Welcome to the show. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Awesome to be here. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Honored to have you all here. So let's get everyone a quick introduction just so our listeners know who we're talking to. Suzanne, let's start with you. Give us a refresher on your role here at Aldersgate. Sure thing. Yeah, Suzanne Pugh, I'm the president and CEO. It's really my privilege to be the president and CEO of Aldersgate Life Plan Services. Um, and we're a, an organization with a, an array of aging services uh, who uh, have the mission of honoring elders and creating diverse and caring communities where everyone has voice and value. And so we, um, you know, we have really, uh, I've spent the, my time here, I'm in my 25th year uh, in various capacities and in my current capacity now for 10 years. Can you believe that, Terry? It has been 10 years um, and being able to sort of vision what comes next for Aldersgate and honor what, what's been in place in the history and really celebrate what's happening here and now. Awesome. And Terry, how about you? Yes. Uh, you know, I have, have, I'm an architect, uh, president of a firm known as Shook Kelly, offices in Charlotte and Los Angeles. Um, historically, I've focused my activities on a lot of placemaking. Um, particularly for commercial developers, large town centers, and what have you. But uh, beginning with Suzanne and Aldersgate, uh, we have really been shifting our focus upon the sector that I think is most important in our society, is creating wonderful, energizing, uh, gathering places. Sounds fantastic. Lee, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Lee Cochran. I'm Senior Vice President for Development for uh, Laurel Street. Uh, Laurel Street is a Charlotte-based affordable and mixed-income housing developer. Um, Company was started 10 years ago by Dion Nelson um, with an emphasis and mission to provide affordable and mixed-income housing for families and elders um, across the southeastern United States. Um, So we are in our 10th year of of operations, uh, and we've developed over 3,500 units um, across the southeast, um, including Charlotte, um, with with all of our developments having some level of mixed income um, 
uh, a nature to everything we do. And uh, we serve through a variety of funding sources and both local, state, and federal uh, and private private uh, funding. Uh, we do a variety of types of developments, but all of them serve either families or elders. And they all, as I said, are have some level of mixed income component to them. And we're thrilled to be Aldersgate's partner in helping bring um, some of that same mixed income housing um, to to the Aldersgate kind of community. Very cool. Well, that being said, then let's really dig into the meat and potatoes of what this is all about. So Suzanne, let's start with you. Tell us all about this epic project. What is the master site plan? When did you get the idea to do it? And why is it important to the vision and the culture at Aldersgate? Yeah, so I first of all, I probably would I would not refer to it as a project. It's a process. Let me, process. Let me put that out there. Yeah, and I would even um, indicate that it's a journey. Got it. You know, we we began this conversation. I think I think Terry and I can really stir up stuff, right? Terry, we can we create trouble for people <laughs> in a really good way. Positive disruptors. Um, so for Aldersgate, this journey really began. Uh, I guess ten about ten eleven ten years ago. Uh, where we were entertaining the possibility of needing to replace our skilled nursing center, our health center. And we recognized that that was a hefty undertaking from a financial standpoint without new revenue, um, since it was a replacement. Um, And we also needed to, to really build out and bring up our our gathering spaces. In order to pay for all that, we needed some additional revenue, some new revenue. And so we began thinking about our uh, development of our gateway residences. Um, and as we began kind of touching on that as a board and leadership, we recognized that, you know, if we were going to make this $100 million investment in our campus here on Shamrock, which is, you know, we're really blessed to have 231 acres, and, and it has truly been a market distinction for us in terms of the site, um, it had been historically a market obstacle for us because it's in an area of town that our traditional folks that we served um, pretty much had defined as being uh, the proverbial wrong side of the tracks. Um, so we we had a lot of conversation, and it was a period of deep discernment um, that and that if we were going to make that level of investment, then we needed to a- to answer, quite frankly, a much deeper question of, are we going to stay or are we going to go? Because um, we certainly could have gone to another area of Charlotte where all of our competitors are, you know, and purchase. 15 acres of property, 20 acres of property, and pretty much been like our competitors. And they're wonderful colleagues with with great services, you know, or we could stay where we are, 231 acres, the distinction of amazing green space and and natural wetlands and a, uh, you know, a, a stocked lake for fishing and, you know, a three, five acre azalea garden to walk through and so much more. Um, but if we were going to do that, then we had some very different uh, philosophical positioning that uh, that needed to happen. And at the res- at the end of that discussion, which happened over a number of months, uh, that with the board and leadership level, the decision was made that not only were we going to stay um, and make uh, make happen what what needed to happen here, but it came with a condition from our board and leadership even that we would become a better neighbor in East Charlotte and with East Charlotte. And that really is what set off our journey. 
you know, from that, there there were um, the beginnings of conversations around how um, really homogeneous our board and leadership were at that time. You know, we were largely a board and leadership of, well, we were almost, I guess, entirely of white people. And we were um, serving entirely white people. And at that point, we had not begun our, uh, or we had not expanded our rehab services to the larger community at, at a significant level. And so, and we had not had our home care uh, um, business at that time either, their offering in that regard. So, you know, we knew that, you know, our, the decision makers at Aldersgate needed to become more reflective of the community that we were serving or that we could potentially serve, that we, we, we hoped to serve. But we were very, very intentional about not wanting to do that in a way that was simply checking boxes of diversity, right? Um, we'd seen that happen occasionally in our history. We'd seen that happen really all over the country um, by a lot of organizations, both in the for-profit and nonprofit sectors. And we made a decision that, you know, if it was going to occur at Aldersgate with, um, with any degree of authenticity, then we were going to have to become very intentional uh, from the very beginning and that it was going to require some very difficult conversations and hard work. Uh, so at that point, we really kind of stepped into the vision of what could be if we were willing and able to put in the work to become an organization that was truly inclusive and really was envisioning a, you know, a, a time where we were offering a true experience of equity across multiple dimensions of diversity, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender identity, um, and socioeconomics. You know, historically, our our traditional residents served have been have required been requ you know have required to have resources uh, to be able to um, afford the business model that had served our organization and our mission for over seventy years, and so we recognized that just our fee structure in itself was an intentional structural exclusion. Um, again, you know, it, it served the business model and the and the, and the mission as it had been. But as our board and leadership began to rescope our mission and vision and values, um, we we had much more intentionality around defining who we are um, and and who we visioned ourselves to be, uh, and changed our mission statement, changed our vision statement, and created core values that spoke much more intentionally to um, you know work of inclusion and truly embracing and honoring. Um, folks of, across many dimensions of diversity. And once that work began, um, then it really made the work that we are doing with Terry and his team, frankly, a lot more fun because <laughs> you, you really start to see, and not that Terry's never fun, he's a fun dude, right? you know, but um, it, you really begin to see the art of the possible. And, and that included, um, you know, a lot of where we've landed around embracing our place um, in East Charlotte and within our campus, um, a story uh, that was lived out, that is being lived out around much greater connection points um, with our or, with our community around us, and frankly, really positioning ourselves at, distinctly as the community of choice for folks that were not looking necessarily for a very traditional 
um, experience on a life plan campus. Um, so that's sort of where, where, how we, how the seed was planted. Um, and then, um, Terry, you might want to talk a little bit about those, those, how that story has sort of expanded and grown over the years around really embracing who we are. Gosh, I have to follow you, Suzanne. Was that not wonderful? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that sucks for you, Terry. Good luck, bud. You whiz. I know. I mean, I mean, it's almost biblical. You're starting I believe in going you. over a thousand years of history there. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Let me add a few more things to that then, Suzanne, if I can. Uh, first off for listeners is that we are not uh, historically consultants to the to the now life plan community sector. Um, and, and I owe that to Suzanne that we got into this. Suzanne was smart enough when she, and I, I think it's just, just, I don't know, intuition, whatever, but, you know, you, you had the more traditional and very good consultants mm-hmm. um, helping with your strategic plan who are, you know, really the top in your industry. But we came at it with, in a different way. And it was really a parallel process. And um, because our process, we, uh, we do a lot of uh, consumer psychographic studies for a lot of people in the consumer products industry. And basically, you know, we shrink heads and uh, we look at the motivations, the, the, the fears, the dreams uh, that people have for a better life. And, we have done a fair amount of work for other companies in the boomer sector and what the transition means. So I think and hope that we will able to bring basically additive insights to what Suzanne already knew. So that's, that's how I think we really bonded. The other part of our practice though, is that, is that yes, I'm an architect, but in some ways we consider ourselves anti-architects. I, I'll probably have my fellowship jerked from me for saying this if the people <laughs> hear it, but but we um, but we really do practice beyond the building. Uh, we practice urban design. We really are community builders in the work that we've done. So when Suzanne you know presented us this bigger, better vision for an Aldersgate, it dovetailed quite nicely into what we already see. There's also a movement uh, out there which we introduced to Suzanne called a NORC. Now, it sounds like something that you ought to be locked up for, narcotics, something, but a NORC stands for a naturally occurring, a naturally occurring retirement community. And with so much land on the east side, it, would, it gave us the mechanism for Aldersgate, the traditional you know, life plan community standpoint, to find a way to knit into the broader East Charlotte community, and it's everything Suzanne described. And it allowed Suzanne to, and, and Aldersgate to expand their offerings beyond the uh, limitations of what you find in the, the uh, well-run life plan communities. So it means that there are many things on the table in terms of housing choices and options, and then also gathering places that are beyond what the uh, fee-based model might offer to residents and citizens. And with that, I think that's a good time, Lee, for you to come in, because Lee, in terms of that overall vision that's been crafted, Lee is the first and a very key uh, provider within this new uh, naturally occurring retirement community that has, has been launched by Aldersgate. 
And Lee, before you before you step in, um, one other piece, Terry, you talked about gathering places. Um, that was a we, we, part of what we did instead of kind of assuming that we knew what the East Charlotte community would want or need was we um, had facilitated story circles out among yes, the absolutely. larger East Charlotte community, um, as well as within the Aldersgate campus, and really wanted to glean from that um, those feedback circles you know, what were people identifying that were the gaps in this area? And what the two things that came through very, very loudly and clearly were housing um, for low and middle income elders. And um, also this, these third, these third spaces, places for a community to be able to come together outdoors and indoors um, in this East Charlotte area. So we knew that um, those were spaces that we really wanted to be able to try to create in our experience across, um, you know, across our mixed, um, across our master site planning. Uh, and Lee has certainly been a vital partner in that now. Well, I appreciate the uh, the introduction and the and the lead up uh, because uh, Laurel Street's thrilled to be a, a part of uh, just one small part of such a, a an exciting vision. Um, so, and in and in many ways, it's the ideal partnership for Laurel Street. Laurel Street's DNA. We've been uh, doing this for ten years, and partnerships is part of our DNA. Almost all of our projects involve some partnership with. Uh, nonprofits, churches, cities, counties, and, and what we've grown to see ourselves as is we're a tool, uh, experts in a tool to help uh, a nonprofit or an organization or a church uh, realize their vision. So uh, obviously more than probably any other uh, development we've worked on, this is a vision that is comprehensive and, and very well thought out and has taken many, many years uh, to bring together. So we were thrilled to be kind of selected to be part of it because really what our what our role is and our goal is, is to take the vision that Suzanne and Aldersgate and Terry and others have have put together and, and help them realize just one portion of that. So we're experts at bringing together financing and, and, and design professionals and all the things that it takes public and private sources to create affordable and mixed income housing. Um, and so, but we do it in a way that is consistent with a vision of our partner. Uh, we are not a cookie cutter. Uh, hey, here's here's what we do. Here's the buildings we do. What we like to do, I always say, we've built buildings as big as um, 115 units in one building uh, down to two unit buildings, uh, because to some degree, the, the design and the architecture and the and the site planning is is really about. Um, uh, doing the vision that a partner has, but what we bring to that table is the expertise in developing a very niche product, which is affordable and mixed income housing with all the different development sources that go into that. So, and this is one that really gets us, allows us to exercise our, our brain muscles because it, it, it kind of includes everything, almost everything we do. Uh, it, it involves a component of traditional affordable housing, uh, which is uh, developed through the low income housing tax credit uh, that helps us develop mi uh, mixed income housing um, across the uh, income spectrum. It also allows us to offer a product for what we call middle income seniors, seniors that make just a little bit too much to qualify for traditional uh, affordable housing, but not enough to sometimes uh, afford some of the senior pro uh, elder products that are out there right now. So 
And at the same time, we get to add a small component of non of housing for families, of folks that may work at Aldersgate or work close in the community. And we can bring all of that together into one master plan. Uh, and, and, and finally, I'd say the most exciting thing for us is we have done a lot of this type of housing over the years, um, but usually a little bit in a vacuum, not working with someone who's an expert in serving elders. And so what we're, what we think is exciting is that we get to do our traditional product, our product, but we get to rely on the expertise of Aldersgate to bring some services to those residents that we don't traditionally aren't able to bring. So we, we can offer them a great place to live in a, in a building that's designed for their needs, but bringing some of the services in and using kind of the resources and assets of Aldersgate, we think is going to be a great partnership. So we're thrilled to be a part of it. That all sounds absolutely amazing. And just to make sure that I understand this myself, is this going to be, Suzanne, something that is on the current Shamrock site then? Will you be expanding things onto that property? Or will there be outlying areas as well that kind of take part in this? process? So currently, this plan um, is at the front of our Shamrock uh, property. The life plan community is, uh, sits back in uh, kind of more toward the, the, uh, the central area of our campus. And uh, historically, we've actually been using over the last five or six years prior to COVID, we've been using the front of our campus to host um, things like the International Sandwich Festival, uh, which really is an opportunity, is a big festival where the neighborhood is is invited in, and we have sandwich trucks, and we have entertainment across um, many different ethnic communities, and it's just a super fun day. I think the last two years ago we had four thousand folks here from the you know from the local community, and so it's been we've kind of created more organically that kind of that third space opportunity. Um, so this piece is at the front of our Shamrock campus. You know, we certainly would um, hope for and envision the opportunities for um, the folks uh, at the entrance fee campus, that the Aldersgate Shamrock campus, to be in community with the folks at the um, at the campus that we're developing up with Laurel Street. And, you know, opportunities to, to have new neighbors and new friends and more connection, you know, with the larger uh, Charlotte East community. You know, beyond that, we're just going to kind of see where what happens next. You know, we, we are so grateful for the partnership with Laurel Street in this regard. Um, first of all, we were very intentional about seeking out um, and appreciating the relationship with, a, with an organization that is African-American female-owned. Um, highly respected and with a great track record of providing really, um, really high quality housing and living experiences. Um, so, you know, we hope to see kind of what comes next after the Shamrock experience. You know, and one of the things that did um, that did strike me as as Lee was talking to, you know, one of the reasons that we felt really strongly that that we needed to have, we absolutely wanted to have. Um, uh, housing available for lower income families um, and elders, but we also really recognize that there there is going to be a it's an almost frightening need that is on the near horizon for that middle income elder demographic um, with ten thousand people a day turning sixty five, uh, and the baby boomers just having really started retiring. Um, you know we're in for another. 16, 17 years of the baby boomers coming into retirement. And 
um, you know, having participated in scenario planning, alternative scenario planning with the Institute for Alternative Futures a couple of years back, you know, there is an absolute alternative future scenario that includes a large population of homeless elders um, that come largely from the, the middle income that aren't going to qualify for some of the the product offerings, the residential offerings uh, in the lower the lower income elders might, um, and they're not going to be eligible for a traditional life plan community fee structure. And so we felt really strongly, and I'm uh, you know always so grateful that Lee and Terry you know, immediately grabbed onto that as well. That you know that middle income elder market really needed an opportunity you know, and a, for amazing living experience as well. Um, so I think that it's a good partnership the whole, the whole way around that really will um, serve and feed uh, a community that, that, that has a need in this regard and a desire. It's need-based, but it's also something that we want to do. Yeah, we're, we're super excited about it. And I definitely now understand why you clarified earlier that this is not a project. This is a true process. Yes. And clearly, this is not something that you can put a traditional timeline on now, is it? No, it's not. And I mean, Terry could probably speak to that better than I can from a logistics standpoint. But just philosophically, you know, there is there has been a, you know, a years long and continuing cultural cultural shift within Aldersgate, just, uh, you know, simply, and that's a very, you know, that's a loose, loose description of a word, simply by um, embracing a real philosophy of inclusion and equity, because our board would never have put their eyes on this, you know, for consideration had there not been, you know, a, a very intentional and deep work around what's in the ground of Aldersgate, what's in the ground of each board member, each leadership team member, um, you know, and the historical ground of the organization that led to this type of decision made. Similarly, you know, the our um, our life plan community that we're developing at Shalom, on the Shalom Park campus, you know, it's a culturally Jewish retirement community. And that would not have been, you know, in the in the sights of our board for decisions had we not done that work. So that in itself is a deep and ongoing intentional body of work and, and truly a journey that, you know, has to underpin um, the ability to move forward with this type of planning and, um, and execution as well. Terry, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I would, because uh, this is why Suzanne reacted uh, so uh, vociferously when you used the word project. And, <laughs> and it really, and it really, it really is, uh, we are really building, embarking on a 15 or 20 year building of a new community. And, and I don't use that word lightly. You know, I come from the private yes. sector where housing developers throw community around when they do subdivisions as, as if it's like laying on a secret sauce when it's just a word. But the reality is, is that um, from my standpoint, since again, I do a lot of urban design and a lot of community process, is that we truly are, are knitting in the historical, you know, Aldersgate life plan community into an, an, an existing, stabilized, but changing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, residential all around us. And, and, and as, Suz, as Suzanne said earlier, this, this uh, coming out of the shell, for Aldersgate was a very 
patient and studied process. I mean, we went through a number using scenario planning techniques, a yes. various number of alternative futures for the board, basically four of them. One of them was do nothing and sit here. Right. We went through all that modeling, what that might be financially, just stay stay cloistered inside inside this wonderful piece of real estate. And, and Terry, I through. might I might even in in full transparency use the word barricaded inside inside, right? And that that just had to stop. So when we talk about a new Aldersgate, we're really talking about a constantly evolving and always working process. So yes. it's not that there is even really necessarily an end game. It's from my perspective, from the outside, designed to be something that is always moving things forward. Am I understanding that correctly? Am I on the right track? Yes, because, you know, we're human beings, right? We don't, I mean, life doesn't end um, with just with a generation. Um, it, it continues to, to move forward. I mean, heaven knows, you know, what everything we've learned in a year of, of 2020, you know, has evolved us into um, thinking differently, right? And doing differently and how creativity w burst out of a lot of places that we may have thought it never existed and, and adaptability and, um, you know, all of that. So, yes, I, you know, I, it was funny, you know, those, I remember vividly the days when a, a strategic plan was literally in a notebook on a shelf, you know, <laughs> and it had like a five-year time frame on it. And so that meant you pulled it out in five years or four and a half, right? Right. And that's just, it's crazy, right? I mean, and our, you know, our strategic thinking and planning, it is constant. It is a constant review, evaluation, evolution, research, um, you know, because it folks are always going to want more and different and expectations, they don't stay the same your whole life. And, you know, um, I love that with Lee and Terry, you know, we're building um, these residences, how, you know, housing for older adults, but we're helping to create space where the older adults can define their lives right? Um, where it's much less prescriptive uh, and, and it's much more about folks being able to really, you know, be who they are at this point in their life. And we want to be able to support that across generations and, um, and across other aspects of diversity, which I, I got to put this out there that, you know, every time that we talk about diversity, it seems like the one ism that continues to get overlooked is ageism. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and ageism falls on both ends of the, of the age spectrum, but it's the ism that's in, that crosses every other ism. Um, you know, so I, you know, my, my hope is that, you know, the elders that are part of this, um, wonderful community that we're partnering with Laurel Street and Shook Kelly, Shook Kelly to develop, you know, that they, you know, that they are in community with folks across every generation and that they're being honored for the decisions that they want to make as community. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And to your point, you know, I think kind of the words like project and program are probably just becoming antiquated, you know, because they, they imply an end. Yeah, absolutely. If I, if I may add something, I, I think this has been fascinating. As you can imagine, I, I love listening to Suzanne and Terry talk uh, yeah, right. and, and just being a part of that conversation and how that works. But uh, something that I think, you know, I thought about as, as they were talking was 
we as Laurel Street recognize that we've kind of have an awesome responsibility and that we are only, uh, our development will only be eight to nine acres of a 231 acre uh, pa- um, campus. But as kind of the next um, thing to be built uh, and and kind of a very prominent development that will be right up on Shamrock and right at the entrance to the community, we recognize we're going to somewhat set the tone and the tenor for the next part of that plan. So as you described it as a as a living plan, yes. in in many respects, how well we do and what we build and how well it's received and the and the the great new third spaces that we create as part of that first phase of this next step, I think will really influence what the next phase is after that. So we don't really know what comes exactly after Laurel Street. We build our community because to some respects, what we build may change what the next phase is. You know, Yeah, no pressure, create... Lee. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I described it as awesome responsibility. Fear is the other, fear is the other word I could use. But, fear is a good word. But that's just, I mean, we kind of relish that. And I think yeah. that's what's exciting is that we get to do good work, the work we do all the time. Uh, but we do get to do it in a unique way, and then we get to see what happens after that. Um, so we're excited about that. That's exciting. Yeah, for sure. And for some reason, the phrase pops into my head. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it before. If you build it, they will come. Although yep. with a process like this, there's way more to it than can be summed up quite that simply. Um, there's so many things that I have heard about this topic, and now that I've had the honor to speak with you all about it, it's really all finally falling into place in my head. And I would imagine from the perspectives of all of you involved, the challenge is really probably communicating the scope of something like this. Like, how does it get implemented and what can we expect uh, as a community? So who wants to take on answering that question? What can the community, the greater community, expect? from something like this occurring in their area? Um, well, I can, I'll start, and then you guys, please do, please do put your voice in this. Um, I, I think, again, in full transparency, you know, we would be really remiss if we didn't acknowledge that um, there is a degree of that nimbyism that <laughs> uh, always... Not um, in my backyard. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, that is always sort of a... Um, it's a it's a topic of conversation that will occur in these types of in these types of um, initiatives. And so we've had, you know, we've done a lot of education. I think our chief strategy officer has probably had close to fifty meetings among our um, our life plan community residents out in neighborhood associations. Um, of course, we've had our we've had um, some some community um, zooms with the larger community to hear from our neighbors. You know, part of what my hope would be that folks would would um, feel as being lived out as an expectation is that people will have their voices in this, right? I mean, it was part of what built the vision were story circles and um, hearing uh, folks who are coming through our doors spe- uh, specifically for the Life Plan Community Campus, realizing that it was not within their resources to be able to live there um, and being able to, to just, I guess, maybe put our fingerprint um, around being able to serve more elders, uh, you know, different a different demographic than we've historically served, um, which really only enrichens us, our, the, the really the kind of the life of our mission. And so from, from Aldersgate's perspective, I think you should expect um, beyond buildings, because I, I hear, and Field of Dreams is top three for me, believe me. Um, I don't want to just build it and they will come. I want 
that we're going to create, we're going to create this community and you come help us write the story. Love that. Right. Um, is really what, what I would hope for. Yeah. And then feel free guys, talk a little bit more about what they, what can be expected, um, maybe more concretely as well. Um, so I'll get a little bit more micro uh, when it comes to what can folks expect. And, and I'll back up a little bit to something you said earlier about, um, you know, if they build it, they will come. Um, a couple of years ago, we recognized that there there really wasn't a product being offered in, in Charlotte, or frankly, in the whole Southeast that we could find that was that allowed folks kind of in the middle, the middle income uh, senior um, that didn't qualify for some traditional federally funded uh, affordable housing programs, but couldn't afford a, a life playing community. They didn't really have a lot of options. They basically had to rent an apartment in a in a you know an apartment designed for a twenty five year old and <laughs> yeah. with all the amenities designed for the young. Um, and so we we kind of took a leap of faith and said we think there's a, a product there, there's a community there, but we weren't sure until we built it, and we've built two so far. Uh, with more in the pipeline. So we know it's something that can work and we know that it's something that's important to, to provide. But more importantly, I think the next phase of figuring out what that means is effectively what we're offering is an independent living uh, uh, rental unit for, uh, for middle and moderate income seniors to come live um, while they can live independently. But I think the great opportunity is to see how does that evolve over the next 20 years? Because if we could physically design a community that is very accessible, that's elevator served and every unit's handicap accessible, we can we can solve one issue with kind of aging in place, but we need to start adding services. So as those initial folks that move in, as they age and they require more services, how can we work with folks like Aldersgate or just community partners mm -hmm. to allow folks to live as long as they can in place? If you can imagine the seniors that would love to live in their single family house as long as they can, but eventually physically they can't, we can solve that physical problem. We can put them in a community where they can live and get around and be mobile. They can walk and anything. But over time, we've got to we have to work with our residents to envision what that means as the years go by. So that's to us one of the exciting things over the next ten or twenty years is how does this type of community evolve to where we can continue to allow folks to age in place and stay in the communities in which they live? And frankly, what we we does we place we like to place these communities in older established neighborhoods where folks have lived maybe for twenty, thirty, forty years. And maybe their kids have moved to be closer to them and they don't want to leave. They don't want to leave that neighborhood and, and, and have to drive 30 miles away to find a community. So this is to us, this is a great place for folks that live in East Charlotte to take that next step in their life into their next place they want to live. And that to us, that's the exciting part of the product that we're offering. And the final thing I'll say is what's really exciting about this is what we can say is in the development that we're building Anyone that wants to live in our development yeah. yes. will have a place to live because we have units that serve incomes from very low income to unrestricted. Anyone that looks at that building and says, I want to live there is eligible to live there. And that's not something we've always been able to do. Certain programs we can only offer to certain incomes. This is a perfect community where we can say whoever wants to live here can live here. So you see, we got why we got these partners we got, right, Mike? <laughs> oh my God, right? You guys are unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things, um, as Lee was talking, that you know, all, just screams out to me, and you know, just we've always known, but what has absolutely been validated 
in this last year is the importance of social connection, you know, and and the devastation of isolation with older adults. Yeah, um, that can, that can occur. And, and so, again, I, I think, I don't think, I mean, we know that these types of opportunities and, and sense of community, true community, um, really are what give people life, right? And, um, and I think to Lee's point, as long as we can allow people to be where they are and, you know, and they can safely be where they are and, and that they define safe at some level, right? Um, that it, it provides the people the chance to be with the people that they know and care about um, for as, as long as possible and hopefully, you know, for as long as they live, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, I have received quite the education today from all of you. This is something that I think that once you wrap your head around it, it's hard to not be excited about it. So that being said, is there anything else we haven't covered that we need to make sure we include here today? Terry Lee. Um, I, I was going to kick it a little to Terry because he'll do better at describing this. Cause I think to some degree we've, we focused um, somewhat on uh, the development that Laurel street is going to develop, but I think it's worth talking Terry a little bit about what's the vision for the rest of the area along Shamrock. Cause we'll only be a portion of that. And mm -hmm. what are some of the other kind of the, 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 the vision for the rest of what's going to be developed kind of as the as the next phases kind of come into place. Sure. I, I'm more than happy to do that. Suzanne, is that okay? You want to talk yes, about sir. the pieces? Go right ahead. Okay. You go right yep. ahead. Okay, good. Well, um, I do think it's worth talking about the other pieces of this plan. So now that we're talking about a community that is going to be the place where a number of people can come and, and grow old, it's also a place where people can come young and grow into a community mm -hmm. that fights against all of the different, um, you know, um, stereotypes that we've had and not the least of one is aging. So imagine this place, we're developing a real community, right? And on this community, people can elect to come in and be a part of others in a community that has a single family uh, flavor to it. But it will be different. It won't just be single-family homes alone. It will have duplexes, triplexes, and quadruplexes. To define that term, for those that might not be familiar with it, it's a two-unit or three-unit or four-unit housing complex that looks like, in many ways, a single-family home. Oops, and it looks like that uh, there's been a glitch in the matrix and we have uh, lost Terry momentarily. So luckily I've got some of his thoughts right here in front of me. So Terry, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, finish your sentiment there. Uh, so Terry was mentioning that there are also going to be some smaller homes that are part of a courtyard concept, as well as a multifamily component where anyone can live. And some elements will not necessarily be age targeted. Uh, there will be a place where other people might want to live simply because it's just a cool community. There will also be a small town center that will be comprised of neighborhood services that everyone wants to use, such as a few small restaurants, a place to get your hair cut, like a stylist or a beauty parlor, perhaps even a pharmacy and a market. Basically, great places that are not necessarily only a part of the Aldersgate LPC. And in the middle of all of that, 
Imagine a beautiful town square, a place where you can go and meet friends or make new ones. And as Lee said, a place where people can age in place. So really what uh, Terry was talking about is uh, an all-inclusive residential, retail, restaurant, social, and enriching community where everyone can live their best life. Suzanne, did you want to add anything else to that? I, well, I think just that we'll, you know, we look forward and are already in great conversations with our current nonprofit partners that are on our campus now, um, places like UMAR and uh, Our Bridge, after school to uh, um, defining and visioning how they can continue to be part of um, of this community here on our campus. Um, and we really, to I think to Terry's point, we really want to honor local businesses. We love the thought of having. Um, more local, um, locally grown businesses, part of this, um, part of this, this vision. Um, and I think just ultimately, I guess in my thinking, being in a culture that has not traditionally really honored elders, um, largely in America, the way um, many, uh, many cultures do, particularly in a more kind of the traditional WASP, you know, America, um, we feel like there is just such opportunity because of the aging, the how the residential housing that we have for older adults. Um, it's such a great opportunity for some of the younger folks that will be part of this larger development, this larger community to be in relationship, you know, with older adults in cases where they might not be um, on a day-to-day basis. Maybe they uh, moved here for work and their parents live somewhere else in the country, or maybe they um, immigrated here from another country and they, you know, their family is, is back home. You know, that there's great opportunity for these um, relationships with older adults to really um, build and develop and, and allow for the mutual benefit um, to occur in that relationship building. And I think probably from my perspective, I would say allow for all the other generations to really embrace the gift that older adults bring into relationships. Yeah, that's a whole lot of awesomeness right there. Well, thank you all so much for engaging me in this conversation, for educating me and for educating the listeners and letting us know all of the cool things that we can expect from Aldersgate, Laurel Street, and Shook Kelly in the not-so-distant future, however long it takes, right? Because this is, again, a living, breathing thing that will be ongoing until the end of time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing all the progress and the evolution. So Lee, Terry, Suzanne, thank you again so much for joining me today on Alders Gate On Air and make sure that you keep me updated on everything so that we can let the world know just what is going on. Sounds awesome. Thank you. And thank you, Lee and Terry as well. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you all. I really appreciate the time. All right, y'all take care. And thanks, of course, to all of you out there in podcast and radio land for not forgetting about us and for tuning in to hear this epic conversation. Now, I know it's been a while since our last episode, but we had to take a little break because of, uh, you know, life and stuff. But things are slowly starting to get back to normal, and we should be able to resume our somewhat regular schedule here before too long. But wasn't it worth the wait? I mean, I know I am excited, as always, about the awesome things that Aldersgate has up their sleeves, and you should be too. Trust me, there's a ton of moving and shaking going on. 
on around here. And don't forget, send us your questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, suggestions, and words of wisdom to onair at aldersgateccrc.com. So until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and stay tuned to Aldersgate On Air. <laughs>